When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Lizzie Mathis, and you're listening to the Cool Mom Code Podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. Today, we have a badass new mom on the block. Ashley Joy is in the building. Ashley has such a great story to tell. She is a very impressive athlete and professional fitness trainer and is a first-time mom. Ashley and I explore the ins and outs for the very first time on her journey to motherhood finding her way in the fitness industry, and how she lives her life by this motto. If your mind can conceive and believe, you can achieve. This episode is so empowering to all the women who can relate. Make sure to keep on listening, and as Ashley would say, enjoy life. Ashley is here. Woohoo. Oh my goodness. Um welcome to the Cool Mom Code podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. You are probably the first new mom. Uh Uh-oh. That I am interviewing. Woot woot for the new moms. One time for the new moms. The pandemic moms. (laughs) The new moms. For real. The pandemic moms. Like that's real deal. Yep. Um, okay, but before we get into all that mama stuff, okay. because that is just obviously a part of you now, and it is very interesting, and we want to hear all about it. Yeah. I want to take it back, though, Ooh. because I want us to know a little bit about who you are. And just so you know, the Cool Mom Co. podcast for us is just a place where we are inspiring moms, mm-hmm. right? But we're also like showing that even though you're a mom, you're still this dope human being who are yeah. doing things in the world and you can make a difference and you could be cool and you can still have your own like thing going and your own craft. And really, it's just like to encourage and inspire moms, right? That mm-hmm. like, just because you're a mom, don't mean that's all you are. Like you yeah. are still the amazing person that you've always been. And here are some dope moms doing some dope shit. Yeah. So you are a dope mom now doing some dope <laughs> shit. From before, I always. think I you think, are. I don't know. You you have officially crossed over into the Cool Mom Code uh, Club. Yes, and so you are literally a fitness expert. Like, yeah. if you've known a fitness expert, then you you don't even know. This Ashley is like goals upon goals, more goals. Even sitting here today, everyone who's listening, okay, <laughs> she has literally had the baby what four and a half months ago. Yes, and. Not that we're doing a whole body thing, but she is in shorts that are tight. Okay. Little biker shorts. She's in a little crop top, long sleeve, (laughs) cute shirt. She has her little sports bra on underneath and this little tiny tummy. But that's not the point. The point is, is that you literally like take care of your body so Mm -hmm. much. And this is like your field. Yeah. But like, how did you get into fitness in the first place? I would have to just say and give it to sports. Mm, You were an athlete. An athlete. What was your sport? I ran track and field um, at University of Rhode Island. And sports was always my thing. Mm -hmm. I did gymnastics. I did soccer. um, I did tennis. And track was the thing that got me to college. Yeah. And so running and once I left university and went into the real world, it was like, it was hard, you know? But what did you say? So you, you're at school, you're running track. Mm-hmm. That's what got you into college in the first place. So what, yeah. but what are you studying at school? I study psychology and communication studies. I first wanted to be a therapist mm. and um, guidance counselor. Okay. And I found out really early on that's really hard to get into guidance counseling. They mm-hmm. pretty much stay, like the guidance counselors stay. So there's not a lot of open positions. Ah, yeah. so it's like they do tenure. So it's like their time exactly. just keeps going on. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Um, and yeah, it's not a big not turnover, turnover rate. And then also, like, there's only so many. Anyways, so right. I had to be like, okay, what am I going to do? No matter what job I had, um, I always, always kind of reverted back to the sports mentality, Mm -hmm. fitness. And then me physically, I 
would say, quote unquote, like kind of lost myself in the normal job of going out for happy hour, staying out late, partying with my girls in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, you were out there in the streets, girl. You know, (laughs) I guess Well, back in like 2012, we didn't really have a name. There wasn't like, you know. It was just like YOLO. YOLO was yes. like the biggest thing that kind of came of out course. at the time. But you were you were young. You were I was living, just living life. my life. That's I was enjoying right. life. Yeah. I was living my life, living my best life, which I think is important for everyone to do. And you, every stage. You don't need to have the strict regimen or follow anything particular. Like mm-hmm. just live your life. Because if you live your life, it's gonna guide you to exactly where you need to be. You I know? Love that. If I would never have lost myself i would have never you know found yourself girl the thing was it was like i was at the gym and someone came up to me and was like oh did you used to do like a sport or was an athlete and i was like used to and i was like oh no no, no. i never want to look like i used to anything you know yeah and i was only probably 23 at the time i mean that's not a long distance from like exiting as a division one track and field athlete yeah i was like "Uh -uh. nope (laughs) And so I just... It's not for me. Hold on. Wait a yeah, minute. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of got back into working out, mm-hmm. fitness, getting into it, documenting it on Instagram, mm. kind of holding myself ac- accountable. And then I realized like, I can make like a career. You okay. Know, but okay. This. this is a big point for me. Holding yes. yourself accountable. Holding yourself accountable is like a real thing. Mm-hmm. How do you hold yourself? <laughs> how do you make that switch to now hold yourself accountable outside of that environment? I mean, as an athlete, I just went from, like, out of season, in season, okay. right? So, like, my YOLO life was like, all right, it's summer break or mm-hmm. maybe Christmas break or whatever. Whenever you get a quote-unquote break. Mm-hmm. Don't really get a break when you're a Division One athlete. There's always something to do. No! But I just looked at it as, like, that was that period, and then now let's go in. And I always take my... I wouldn't say like my my workouts or my routine or my programming, but I always think of it as an athlete mm. and in a season. Right. There's an off season and there's in season. Okay. There's peaking, there's preseason, there's postseason. Mm. And so I think of that in general as just like in your day to day life. In day to day, even with my clients. No one I don't make any of my clients feel like they have to be on point at all times. Nobody right. is. Yeah. Unless obviously, you know, Kobe, LeBron, right, but even right. them, we see them, right? The elite athletes, we see them drop. But you, but you have to give them some sort of consistency. So although it's like peak season, which I love that, like I yeah. love that theory on it because mm-hmm. it takes some of the pressure out of the every day. You have to go so hard. No, you don't. So the peak season, the preseason, the postseason. Yeah. Like and this, then vacation, yeah. you have to rest. Yeah. Rest and relaxing is allowing your body to regenerate mm-hmm. <laughs> your cells and muscles, when you work out, like you're tearing your muscles, yes, right? Yes. And they need, the fibers need to come back together. See, let me just tell you something though about athletes. And I feel like because I'm married to like, you know, someone who is very, you know, sports heavy serious. and serious into, you know, fitness. I feel like y'all always come with some sports analogy on life. Oh, like, Yeah. All right, so you're working out, yeah. you're doing your thing, you're in your rhythm now, now you're from Division One athlete, you're in the real world, and now fitness has come back into your life. Mm-hmm. How do you go from that now to wanting to share that with people, not just on Instagram and social? Honestly, I would have to say, like, I prayed a lot um, for guidance on mm-hmm. what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, being a woman, a single woman, living my best life, YOLOing in L.A. <laughs> That's how YOLO is. I know. I mean, I'm 35. That was our, that was our thing. That's yes. what we said. Yeah. I prayed a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I found a church probably, like, 2011, which I still attend the same church. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it really spoke to me. It yeah. was very um, applicable. Right. Of taking a verse and applying it to life and, you know, not really being lost or anything, but maybe just like trying to find your way. Right. So I was like, you know what? Like I prayed a lot. I asked, you know, God to remove people who shouldn't be in my life, yes, bring girl. people into my life that will guide me. That's right. And honestly, that's what happened. I mean, I was at the club <laughs> with my cousin and like, you know, he brings back this girl and I'm like, what are you doing? And she happened to like work for Nike. And oh, I'm like, wow. oh, so that was like my first like little connect in with like, like yes. with Nike. But obviously we met outside mm-hmm. of like the club right. and outside you know, I was who I was and she was like, okay, let's, you know, let's see what we can do. And I manifested it so much to the point even today that I'm like, is this really my life? That's a big thing, though. You know, like, that's really huge. I think that, you know, people always talk about and I always have these debates with people and I've had these like conversations with my friends, too. 
manifesting is sometimes, I don't even think sometimes you realize you're doing it, mm -hmm. especially when it's something that you believe in so much, right? And you're so convicted in, especially women. Mm -hmm. I think that we sometimes forget the power of our thought yeah. is so important yes. and the power of who is feeding us as well. So whether that be a partner, friendships, uh, parents, you know, mm -hmm. girlfriends, whatever it is, the power that you have around you too of what you're feeding, listening to on TV, all that stuff, it feeds into your psyche so much and what you're manifesting out yeah. into the world. It just started and things started, you know, pivoting and moving and out of my control that I was mm -hmm. just like, I kept surrendering every single time or an opportunity came. I was just like, oh, all right, I can do it. I guess I can do it. I could do this. I can, yeah. you know, and I just stepped into it and stepped into it and believed and believed and believed. So you went from from showing it on Instagram, your personal workouts, what you're doing, things that touched you or ways that, you know, yeah. helped your body into now training mm -hmm. um, your clients. Yeah, That transition is a big one. But talk to me a little bit about, tell me, has there been crazy experiences that you've had with people where you're like, yo, yo, you know what? I can't do this or yo, like this a is client wild. that we didn't yeah, like. Yeah, uh, just like. Well, I think one thing that was, I don't know exactly who told me this, and I um, apologize if you're listening, you're like, I said it, <laughs> but um, you don't have to take on every client and you mm. don't have to train every person that mm. approaches you. Right. So, as a trainer, you kind of pick your client just as your client picks you. And so, I've been super blessed. At one point, I literally was just training all black women mm. in the industry, like a I writer, a producer, yes. an actor. And again, it doesn't matter who they are right, right in the right. industry. It just happened to be at that moment in time. That's right. what it was. Right. And so the pandemic pivot, right. like I was supposed to be a trainer just kind of down the street at this one uh, place called Performance House mm -hmm. and the pandemic cut it, you know, yeah. it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And so I was hoping that that would just open a door for myself to be, you know, in a gym all the time with other amazing trainers right. to learn and to see and, and to, grow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's all about growing and it learning is. all the time. Yeah. Always be. And surrounding yourself, exactly. surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Yeah. And, an, and another opportunity, exactly. you know, so right now it's like, I would just have to say that I've never had a really bad experience with a client because that is good. Yeah. I mean, I'm also myself, right? Yeah. I'm really like straightforward yeah. and I'm yeah. really this, but with a gentle approach. And right. I think it's really important to meet anyone and clients and everyone where they're at. Right. 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 So it's like, if they come to me and they want to, I always try to get my clients to like run. Like you're gonna run a half marathon with me. You're gonna run a marathon with me. You're gonna do this. I'm like, what? And then finally, I'm totally looking sideways right now. I'm like, yeah. you can find the joy in that, like if you see it as pain, right? But in that challenge, right? And that's the thing that every time I meet a client and we're training, I I want to challenge them. I want to push them. Like there are no limitations yeah. and no boundaries. Right. Like you can do anything. You I know? love that. I mean, I really do. I think that that applies to really everything. And you have a quote. You have um, anything the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Yeah. And that's something like when I read that about you, I was like. Oh, okay. Yes. Anything that the mind can conceive and believe, mm -hmm. it can achieve. So if you can think it, mm -hmm. you can achieve it. Yeah. It's possible for you. Like, where did that quote even come from? Yeah. So I was about to say like, oh, I remember when that was. I was in college, actually. Uh -huh. College was really rocky for me. But my last semester was tough. Mm -hmm. um, I lost a cousin. My mm -hmm. mom got pneumonia. She also has lupus. So mm -hmm. pneumonia is like really life-threatening. Scary. Yeah. Um, and I had track meets every week. Mm. Like I ran the day before I graduated at University of Rhode Island. I was in New Jersey the night before. And so like it came at that moment where I needed to truly, truly believe. Like yeah. it was my it was my last hoorah. I was a senior and everything was crumbling around mm -hmm. me. A lot of things were happening that I couldn't control. Right. I didn't even know if I was going to graduate because I had set myself up so beautifully. Like, I literally only had three classes. I was under, like, I had to have sign a paper that I could still be a collegiate athlete because wow. you have to have a full schedule in order to still right. participate. Uh -huh. So I had set myself up so well that I was like, how is this happening? Like, right. I'm supposed to be just chilling this right. semester. It's supposed to be a breeze. But again, I did it for a reason, right? If I had a harder schedule, it could have been even tougher. Right. 
So I had to dig deep and I found this quote and I just realized like every time I stepped out onto the track, I had to be like, this is it. This is, it could be my last race. It could be this. Like you have to believe you Mm -hmm. have to do this and you can do it. Like you're here. You came from a little, little small town of Apple Valley and you're at University of Rhode Island. You're division one athlete. You're the captain of this team. Like you've made all of this happen. You can still, you can still do it. So you feel like God and your belief in God, as well as your faith and your family is what has helped you to like those sort of quotes, right? Yes. Really mean something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the power of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're really, really powerful. You spend a lot of time with yourself, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) a lot of time in your head, you you know, that. And so you can seek, you know, human approval or, you know, motivation or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I always like tell people, even people who have done my workouts or programs like, oh, oh, I thank you so much. I always say, yo, you did it. Yeah. Like you need to give yourself credit. You can say like, thanks, but like, don't make me into anything bigger. You are giving credit to the small wins, right? I think in my life, I always move past things. Like I'll have a win and I'll be like, okay, great. On to the next. Yeah. Like I never sit and like celebrate the moments that actually are helping to move me along or move me forward. It's always like, okay, great. Like, yes, that was a win. Awesome. Got it. But done. All right. Let's keep on going. Like what's next? What's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the problem with that sometimes is that you're not you're not allowing yourself to feel that energy, right? To feel that good feeling or whatever it is that helps you even have the confidence or the strength or whatever Mm -hmm. to go into your next phase to even feel, you know, more accomplished and more, I don't know. And I think that's interesting. I love the idea of the small wins and you giving that to your clients, especially when working out. Yes. When you're changing something like your body, that's a huge thing. I mean, I always tell people, Being out of shape feels the same. It doesn't matter if you're overweight, smaller, whoever Mm. you are, older, young, like it, it, it hurts. It sucks. It's challenging. So like, I understand it. You know, Um, I think that's the beauty about being an athlete Mm -hmm. is like, I understand it from being a kid, a teenager, a young woman. Now, like a woman who just had a baby, like I, yeah. it's, you know, the more experience is, is better. Like I know how it feels to lift something heavy. Yes. I know how it feels like to run far, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, far like, as hell. yeah, like I understand all of that. So like I, at the same time, I always feel like I'm actually not asking you to do anything that I wouldn't do. And I'm, I'm blessed. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I still question myself. Like how, yeah. I, I mean, I look at myself now. I'm like, wow, I how literally sway. was, I how was. Sway. I was pregnant. Okay, so let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about the pregnancy journey. Let's talk about going from in like your prime. I mean, honestly, this is, you know, (laughs) you and your fitness journey and even your career in the Mm -hmm. fitness industry. Let's Mm -hmm. take it more like that. Because obviously you're fit, you're dope, you are like extremely in shape. This is like your life. Mm -hmm. The shift to have a baby. Was that intentional? Were you planning it or did it just kind of like happen? It wasn't like a a quote unquote planned pregnancy, if Mm -hmm. you would say. And it was tremendously at like a peak. Yeah. And I always told myself, and this is who I am as a person, right? Like I was thriving and I was doing everything because I was just living for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the be all. This is what I want to be. Right. Right. Like. It wasn't that that was going to, my career was going to define who I was. Mm-hmm. I ultimately always, always wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to have a family. Yeah. And so when that came, and especially with my partner mm-hmm. at the time, it was like, this is what we're, this is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do. Right. And again, trust. Yes. Trust that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And that what's happening is part of the story yeah and it's part of the journey and I'm actually more of like a real private person Mm -hmm. so I do feel at times it hindered my career because part of me was showing everything that I did in life but part of me was like all the fitness Mm -hmm. and your first trimester for me personally was super super rough yeah I was very very nauseous I didn't really do much my my assistant would come over and I would be like, yeah, we're sitting on the couch Yeah, and we're going to answer these emails. We're going to do this. We may go out and do like, it was, it was tough, you know? And then just 
the reality of the accepting being pregnant, mm-hmm. the accepting of like what, how much my life was going to change, the unknown, that's the pandemic. That's interesting. There's so much stuff going on. I mean, on. let's jump in on that because yeah. that's interesting. I think you're making a really good point here. It's not always like, for instance, for me, I totally agree. The first trimester, like brutal. Yes. The nausea, the, you know, the, the fatigue, the fatigue, the uncomfortable, especially with first baby, mm-hmm. right? Second baby, you're going to be like, girl, let me do some shit. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I hope so. But, you know, but first baby, it is, it's a different, it's, it's a different toll on your body because I believe because it's your first, but it's the mental, especially because you're in your stride. You're, you are, you, you are, your career is booming. You're focused. How are you working through the mental shift? Oh, there was a lot, a lot of things pivoted. A lot of things changed. Um, a lot of things came out. I mean, they say all the time, like, oh, pregnancy will like uncover some things that you have no idea like about and the one thing that came out the most that I I don't think that I was like I got my stuff together I've done the work Mm -hmm. blah 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 and I had I had done the work as far as I I would have to say for outward Ah. and for work and career I knew how to speak to people. I knew how to be in a room. I knew how to be big. I knew like Mm -hmm. all that. I knew how to move. All the things you needed to succeed in career. Right. Yeah. But as far as I would have to say being a open partner and being trans as transparent or more like vulnerable, being a vulnerable open partner Yes. and opening up for motherhood was something, well, clearly like motherhood, but I just hadn't done. Yeah. And there was a part of me that I had not gone back to mm. and worked on. Mm. And this pregnancy blew that door wide open. Hadn't gone back to and worked on mm-hmm. since when? Hadn't gone since back college. to since college. So college, I I had a really bad episode of depression and it was mm. triggered by my family. Mm. And when I say family, I mean immediate mom, dad, sister, right? right, right? right. And during college, I had a sports psychologist mm-hmm. and we worked on that. Right. But what happened is when I left college and life happening and YOLOing and trying to like live and da da da. And now you're on your own. It was on the back burner. Right. Because again, what was more important? Right. Finding a job, mm-hmm. so, like establishing myself, Surviving. then career, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I get pregnant and it's like, boom. Wow. I go right back. Everything opens up. Everything came back. And I was like, wow. oh, no. <laughs> like, and you why know? do you think that happens though do you think that happens because now you're like okay and now all of this that's in me mm-hmm. i have to now care for another human being yeah. like i'm now literally growing life inside and of it's me. family right like you yeah. get pregnant and you're starting a family so what happens is everything pivots back to family mm. and those were wounds that weren't closed, closed. or healed and, yeah, yeah exactly and so for me it opened up an opportunity i went to anger management and I realized while you're pregnant, yeah, while you're pregnant, and you're in anger management. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. I went to anger management. Uh, my partner was like, "You have a lot of anger," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like you don't realize it because I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like joyful, and I'm this, and like it was like I am. Mind you, everyone, her name is Ashley Joy. Joy. <laughs> exactly, and. That was my brand, right? Right. And so I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, I don't understand. And, but then I realized like, no, this is true. Mm -hmm. But anger management, the thing that I learned the most was it's not about actually the anger. It's about what's underneath the anger. So it was a lot of sadness and it was a lot of things that were unresolved. Wow. And so I went through that and it was pretty cool. Um, I would say pretty cool now because during the time, I wouldn't say it was overwhelming. It was just... It was a lot I mean, to grow a life and then to like kind of like open a wound yeah. and try to actively close it and right. heal it is At the same time. a lot. And, and your life is changing. I'm, I mean, I'm getting bigger. We got to like move yes. here. We got to do this. Oh, I'm still supposed to be working. Right. Working is so physical. It's so physical. I mean, it was just a lot. I mean, to be honest with you, even for you to 
mentally be brave enough Mm. to, while you are going through the process of just growing life, which in itself is a huge transition. I mean, it is monumental. The, the, the different things that you're going through emotionally, just from that fact alone, from your body changing to now, you know, you even worrying about the life of the baby, you knowing what your next chapter is going to be like, all those things. Now you're literally, you took that moment Mm -hmm. and was like, hold up, before this even happens and while I'm going through this Mm -hmm. process, I need to work on me. Yeah. That's brave as hell. I love my partner and I wanted our relationship and I knew that it took work, right? And I knew that I needed to do my part. Like you can Mm -hmm. sit there and point all types of fingers like, oh, you need to do this too, but Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, forget what they need to do. What do you need to do? Right, because you're half of the equation. yeah, Yeah, and- I'm always going to be this child's mom. That's right. And I had a mom that didn't do the work. Mm. So this is also me breaking a generational curse at the same time. Cycle. And when you have all of that going on, you have a lot going against you. Yeah. Like a lot going against the grain. Just even the idea of within the black community and therapy, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we're, I don't know if we were taught not to do it. I don't think it was celebrated or I don't think it was encouraged per se, at least in my household and the people who I knew growing mm-hmm. up um, who happen also to be black. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if with it, it's a community thing that we're just not like, like if I ask my brothers about it, they're like, hell no, what do you mean? I ain't getting nobody up in my head, you know what I mean? Or whatever. But it's also like a fear, right? Yeah, that it's a fear. is in our community Correct. because we couldn't trust doctors and we couldn't mm-hmm. trust a lot of professionals. Exactly. Because they weren't, us right and there was also like an underlying reason Mm -hmm. right there's a lot of studies things that happened to our people back in the day right that we were not open to doing exactly so i think that also is there over and over and over again and until like people like us and our generation break it and Mm -hmm. actually show like you can get help and Mm -hmm. it's okay to talk right um then i think it'll be a thing of the past it is nerve wracking. I think it's nerve wracking because the vulnerability, the openness. Mm-hmm. But honestly, therapy is a beautiful soundboard. Right. You, you're able just to speak, and your therapist will help you understand your thoughts mm-hmm. and guide you to where you want to be. The tools, very much like physical training. Ah! <laughs> For your mind, yes. girl. You know, so, someone yeah. someone told me this quote. Someone said that. Um, Therapy for them was the only space that they felt like no one was asking anything of them. Mm-hmm. So like it was the only space where they weren't worried about anyone asking them for anything, anyone expecting anything for them, them having to show up in a way that was like, you know, whether that be from a friendship level or from a, a child level or from a yeah. parent level, whatever it is, they just could just go in and it was a space just for them. Yeah. And when he broke it down like that, I was like, ah, that's pretty dope. Because yeah. if you think about it, especially now as a parent and you know this, Mm-hmm. every space you walk into, whether it's your relationship, parenthood, y- your relationship with your family, mm-hmm. right? Chill- y- you as a child, everything you walk into, they expect something from yeah. you. You know, you have to give back into that relationship in yes. order for it to be received. And so, um, but also I think it's very interesting that you've also chosen to ke- keep your relationship very private on social. Yes. You know, you've kind of kept that to the chest. Mm-hmm. And is that intentional? Is there a reason behind that? A hundred percent intentional. Yeah. Like my brand isn't about my relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think brands care if I'm in a relationship or not. They care if I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, being mm-hmm. a trainer, empowering, inspiring people to move, to be happy, to enjoy right. life. To me personally, it was unprofessional. Mm. I felt it was very unprofessional. And it also allowed me to have a privacy, yeah. right? And then that's another thing. You're pregnant and what I do is physically active and showing my body and showing things. I was like, how do I keep privacy, yeah. but also like share the biggest blessing and the biggest thing in my yeah. life at the same time? Yeah. Um, don't know how I did it, but I did it. Yeah. Um, and then it gets to a point where where I'm at now, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, not that it's unprofessional, but it's actually more professional to share a little bit 
of it, okay. right? To yeah. make it more personable. Mm-hmm. No different from like me sharing a picture if I'm at a family event right. in the past or right. whatever, right? right. Um, I'm not making my relationship or my child my brand, right? but Ashley Joy is her life and what she enjoys. And so what brings me joy, what makes me happy, that's part of it. Listen, I think there's an art to it. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I think there's an art to it. I think that some people are oversharers. Mm-hmm. personally yeah sometimes i'm like oh, i didn't need to know that yeah didn't need to know that yeah you shared it to the world and i think sometimes they do it because they know they'll get a reaction back or and, they don't have an outlet maybe they, they should have, go to therapy maybe look maybe they need to be in yeah. some you know mind physical therapy too you know yeah. um I, I don't know so i do think some people are oh sure but i do think there is if you can if you can hit the line mm-hmm. if you can hit the space which i think is an art um, of where you show a little bit of yourself, where we still feel connected to you, mm-hmm. but yet you do have that private privacy and private moments for yourself that mm-hmm. you have to have, I think, especially in this social media world. Yes. Because if you don't, then your whole everything is up for scrutiny. And yeah. I think that's a dangerous place to be, especially in this day and age. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? For me, right before bed is when I remember about 50 to-do things that I either haven't gotten around to or that are just on my imaginary list that is like never able to get completed. And for me, it just keeps me up. Well, it turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your own negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. Listen, we all know the broader benefits of therapy. We all know it's great to talk to someone and to get it out of your head. Sometimes I think it just feels so relaxing to relieve and release some of that stress on you and have someone else help talk you through some of the things that are weighing us down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash CoolMomCode today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash CoolMomCode. And also, like, I looked at it the same way um, being before being in a relationship and having a child was I am a single woman living in the city. Mm -hmm. Right. I cannot share everything because I don't know who knows me. That's right. Right. Like, I don't know the followers. I don't know. And I started getting like not I wouldn't say weird messages. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Right. But things are like are a little alarming, yeah. right? I would walk my dog and then someone was like, oh, I think I just saw you. Okay, no. No. So, no. and not like a no, like I don't want to see the people that follow. It just felt too close to home. Yes. Right. And so like I have to figure out how to push a little, right? Right. Add that gap. Right. And not a gap meaning I think I'm better or, or anything like that. Right. It's more of a personal thing. You no, know, totally a lot of agree. people are able to just walk around and be. I feel like before having a child, I made it really clear, like, this is what you're right. able to see. Right. And everything else. Like, yeah, you don't ask me if I'm in a relationship or whatever, yeah. you know, things like that. And but people I feel entitled to ask. They do. They feel a part of your life. Yeah. They feel entitled to ask questions and to know. I almost thought about, like, just showing up pregnant yeah, like i'm having real. a baby like i thought about how can i how can just, i do this literally just like this should have been your tiktok your reel should have just been <laughs> like, like boop, baby yeah baby. yeah, yeah. Exactly. i thought about doing it that way but always look at your why right right and my why wasn't because like i was having a pregnancy that you know needed a lot of like medical attention or i wasn't able to you know it wasn't like that right. i was just doing it because if i would have done it that way was more like a and intentional, like, I don't want to share. Right. But again, what's my brand is sharing my life and sharing the joy and things like that. Right. 
the struggle aspect, I I sprinkled it in, mm-hmm. not a sprinkle because it wasn't real, but because I'm a human being and right. I still needed to process what was going on. Exactly. I never wanted to just lash out yeah. and then have to backtrack, right? right? Like right. I needed to process what I was going through. So it's like you may, if you really read, you could see mm-hmm. or you can understand, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like pregnancy, anyone who's been pregnant knows it's not all roses, right? And if a woman shares all the roses, don't bash her that she's not being of transparent. Course. She yeah. is being transparent. Right. Sometimes not everyone is going to bring out their phone, record themselves crying or record them you know, during that time. That's so true. it's like, yeah. I have all of the troubles that everyone may or may not have. Right. But at the same time, my brand was to spread joy. joy. And exactly. I wanted people to be able to always come to my page and get some type of inspiration, some type of smile, some right. type of hope, right. right? And that doesn't mean that I'm being fake or sharing. Oh, no, than, yeah. You know? I, yeah. So it's also not like living up to anyone's expectations, exactly. right? Like you're not doing it for someone particular out there. Right. So like as long as you're doing what again, brings you joy in what you want to do, exactly. then people gravitate to that. That's right. And it, and it's really interesting how many people don't gravitate to the positive, right? They yeah. really, really love the negative because they really love a change. They, but speaking of happy, we're going we're gonna to focus on the joy okay. and actually joy's life. Yes. Um, I want to talk to you about the labor, right? Oh, because okay. you chose to have an at-home mm-hmm. water birth mm-hmm. um, with your whole, like, squad (laughs) yeah i knew i needed a bunch of people for real Mm -hmm. so walk me through like what was that deciding factor and was there anyone who like encouraged or like was like let's do this like what oh um i wouldn't say encouraged i think that it was very natural Mm. uh for me to make this for a lot of reasons um i've had family and friends who have had their children at their homes mm-hmm. or in a birthing center. So you've seen it. Yes. Okay. I so you were comfortable with yes. it. Yes. Uh, during the pandemic, since I was doing March, March of 2021, everything was still shut down. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what March 2022 was going to look like. Right. I did not want to, again, have an experience that wasn't what I wanted and, right. and like that fear. Right. Um, also... Uh, women of color are not treated accordingly in hospitals. Speak on it. And I'm already a very in anger management. Okay, I'm already a very <laughs> an aggressive person. Was that a and fear of yours going into it though? Was that like literally? A legit I wouldn't fear? call it a fear because I don't want fear to dictate mm-hmm. people's decisions during childbirth because it's a very vulnerable position. Right. It was a conscious decision that mm-hmm. I made that I wasn't going to put myself in that position. Right. 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 And. I knew I wanted a bunch of people, mm-hmm. right? And in the hospital, they dictate who and what. And again, right. back to my assertiveness, mm-hmm. I would have been like, you got me messed up. Like, right. my auntie, my mama, my dad, da, 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 yeah, everyone's yeah. coming Everyone's going to be there. You know there. what I'm That's saying? Right. So, yeah. And when I talked to my partner about it, it was, he was silent. Really? He had no idea that we were going to make this decision. Was he nervous? He had no, like he, it was so brand new to him. He yeah. had no idea. Yeah. Like yeah. his sister had just had a baby. We actually had the same due date a year apart. Really? The year before. Wow. And his sister is a pediatrician. Okay. She had the baby in the hospital. Oh, so he his, just thought. His viewpoint is coming from a totally different perspective. A 100. Wow. 100. Wow. And I just was like. We were just laying in bed. It was like dark, so we can't see each other's faces. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm gonna do it at home. I'm gonna do this. Danae isn't gonna be my doula. Oh, like all of this stuff. Dropping he bombs. was just quiet, and I just made it really, really clear. Like, I understand that we're doing this together, but it's my body, and right. I'm the person who's gonna be giving birth. Right, and so he was supportive. Ultimately, in a nutshell, it is my decision. I want you to support me. I will guide you and open up and ask all the questions and you're going to be completely involved for you to understand what's going to happen was he was he immediate like okay babe yes this is your body like we're down for this or was he like i have 52 questions right now he was both right (laughs) like yes okay but i i he is a person who needs to understand like he's uh 
I'm going to Google this. And he, right. now he works for Google. So it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna, that is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Google this. I'm going to learn this. He loves to learn. He mm -hmm. loves like facts and data and all that. So like all of that helps him. Right. But the biggest thing that I said was like, I don't feel like I will be heard mm. and supported in a hospital. Interesting. Right. And, and the health of me yeah. is that's important. And I think that alone you Did can't it have that. anything to do with um, also post-COVID, like with restriction of amount of people that could be in oh, the room with you and yeah. like all that stuff? I mean, yeah. it's a hospital, right? Yeah. Like it's not you go there. The only people that really go there that are like, I guess you would say, quote unquote, healthy are us, the yeah. people who are laboring. Right. Other than that, That's you so go true. there because you're sick. Right. So why would I want to be... I just overall, I wanted to be home. I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to feel my child. I wanted to experience everything. Yes. I didn't want anything taken away from me. Okay. Like, so, but feelings of like, not feeling like you would be seen and heard mm -hmm. in a hospital setting. Yes. Why did you feel like that personally? Is it because of statistics you've read? Is it because stories you've heard? I have um, a variety of people in my life and a variety of friends, you mm -hmm. know, and like, you got to have your, your hippie friends. Yeah. You got to have your friends that are like all natural and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And, um, it was a combination of just being open to conversations and yeah. understanding and, and knowing things that were out there. Right. And then it's just kind of like a common knowledge. You think about it, right? Like people, our grandparents all pretty much birthed at home, mm -hmm. labor at home, mm -hmm. right? Like the transition to the hospital is very recent and new. Yeah. Um, and I would even say more in our community, again, being like black, like we weren't allowed at hospitals. No, we were only allowed at certain hospitals or black hospitals or mm -hmm. this or that. Like mm -hmm. we, we idolize the home that Martin Luther King Jr. was born in. Right. People think about that. That's true. He was born at home. Right. It's not that abnormal. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's like, it's normal. Right. Someone right. who isn't even alive till this day, just because he was killed. Right. He was actually born at home. Right. So it is not a long time ago that it's people really not. used to have kids at home. It's really not. <laughs> it's not a long time ago that we were slaves. It's not a long time ago that we couldn't walk in the same door. It's not a long time ago or that interracial we were marriage, interracial or marriage, same sex any marriage, of it. It's or not a long time women ago. being able women to work. Rights. That's right. <laughs> this is none of it is it's a long new. time ago. It's recent. Yeah. And I think like. I love to empower people to do what they want to do, right? right? Like, I don't look down on anyone who's like, I want to be in the hospital. Good for you. I'm yeah, so proud of, course, of you. You of did exactly what you wanted of to course. do. No, but yeah. don't take my right to be able to do what I want to do. Correct. Correct. And that's, you know, I, I did that. Every, every, um, labor motherhood journey is so different. It really yes. is. And I think it really does come down to what makes you comfortable, but you had a whole squad. So tell me about your squad because yeah. it was, was it an all black team squad it actually was um looking back all black all women mm -hmm. um, um my cousin was my doula uh-huh uh, so my shout out to my cousin Danae. <laughs> Which um, Danae look for her uh episode two it's coming soon oh nice yeah. yes so my big cousin was my doula and I had two aunts there my mom my partner I had a photographer who was a doula as well. Oh, nice. And there were two midwives and one midwife in training. Wow. So uh, total, everyone including me, is 10 people. Wow. And wow. you wouldn't have, I didn't feel, and that's all that matters, is I didn't feel. I didn't feel claustrophobic. I didn't feel suffocated. I felt it was so natural to lean on different people in my life that I've known for different points. Right. And never felt alone. Yes. My partner was like super, super amazing. Always, always there. There was times I guess he made pizza for everyone. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize he was gone because I had so, so many much people love. there. Yeah. That like if he was doing that, then it was Danae mm -hmm. or it was my auntie, um, my auntie Susie, which is also Danae's mom. Wow. Yeah. And my aunt Susie is on my dad's side. And so she was asked to be there to kind of represent my father's side of the oh, family. I love that. Um, and Danae was my cousin and my doula. So it was like professional yeah. and, and love. family. Right. The 
It was supposed to be slightly smaller, but because my labor happened the way that it did, um, my mom and my Aunt Maria were supposed to come after the baby okay. was born because I visioned because, you know, before you have a kid, you think, you know, like everything what's supposed to happen. Yes. So I was like, oh, I think I need them to be bushy eyed and ready to go once the baby's here. Right. I don't want to make them go through the labor and then have to take care of me. Exactly. Well, they ended up showing up like right after my water broke, not unexpectedly, but like no one knew my water was going to break. Yeah. And my contractions had stopped at like 10 a.m. They went from like 3.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. And they stopped. Wow. And I just told everyone like, all right, haha, false alarm. Like, and they live hours away in Apple Valley. Yeah. So you're talking about a two hour drive. Yeah. Luckily, my aunt was like, mm-mm. Something. Let's yeah. let's just get down to LA. Yeah. Because even if she doesn't want us to be there, we go to a hotel, we'll do right. you know, whatever. Right. So literally when they walked through that door, I was like, Thank God. Wow. Because water had already broke, contractions were already four minutes apart. Wow. Woman. Yeah. And Obi was trying to get everything together. Obi your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Was trying to like do the the text thread and all this other yes. stuff. So make sure everybody knows what's happening. Exactly. And to get here. Yeah. Because as soon as my water broke, um, I started throwing up. Mm. And so it was instantly my body was like, no, we're doing this. This is happening. This is not like, and so funny. You do all the education and stuff like that. They're like, water breaking doesn't mean that labor's going to happen. <laughs> so we were like all super chill. Yeah. Like, I was like all excited. Like, oh my God, my water broke. I'm like almost crying. And all of a sudden, like, yes, this is happening. It was, yeah, it was full on. Yeah. And I, I remember being telling Obi, like, water breaks, it can be up to 24 hours, right? It, all this stuff, all, it them, was, girl, like, all them stats and all, all, go out the window. Like, no, all those and facts. it's good to know, yeah, it's it good is. to be educated and well and, and to understand your body. That's the one thing that right. I will have to encourage women do not be afraid to understand your body do not be afraid to understand what is going on right um i read the big book of birth uh-huh. and physiologically i needed to know what was happening right as an athlete i need to be in tune and understand what's of happening process. With my, yes with right. my body right not just randomly oh contractions right no no no, no. what is a contraction doing and how is it, it making the baby right. come down did what you, do i need to did do? you feel like it was important for your partner to also know that information no okay no he didn't read he read books for himself like mm-hmm. what he felt like he needed right labor is it's all me i mean yeah well i mean yes i agree but let me tell you i mean for me i felt like isa was a big part of my labor process yes like it was like isa i remember there came a point where i was trying to push and i just like I just couldn't, I just couldn't, like, I wasn't pushing in the right spot or something. Mm. And I could feel everything. Yeah. Um, but Iso, like, took a look and he was like, no, you got to push under the bone, Lizzie, mm. or something. And I was That's like, good. and he's like, he knew my body yep. so well. Which kid, though? This was, um, this, this was definitely Nima, number one. Okay. This That's was first amazing. kid. This was first Shout kid. Out. Because he looked and he, like, knew my body so well that he was like, no, Lizzie, you have to, like, the way you know, the way I was pushing. Mm-hmm. And so him saying that, literally, she was out in, like, three more pushes. Yeah. But it was interesting that he stepped in, right? Because... I don't know. I just felt like, you know, he was my partner and he just knew something that he saw something that I couldn't see. Well, my partner was like terrified to like look. (laughs) Right. So that part wasn't going to wasn't going to come from him. He actually ended up did look because he was surrounded by family. And my aunt was like, you should you should do that. Right. He he shouts it out to the fact that everyone was like, oh, my God, he has so much hair. He has so much hair. (laughs) And so he wanted to, you know, look so. I would have to say my partner was more emotionally there for Mm -hmm. me um, by reminding me. And we talked about it. He reminded me of kind of like the hope in the future of why I was doing what I was doing. Right. You know, right. Just like our son is going to love you so much. You know, he's going to have so much fun with you. He just re- reminded me emotionally um, mm-hmm. why, my right. why for the natural, my why for our son yeah. and everything like that. And so there's some really beautiful, intimate pictures of us, like even kissing mm. him, holding my hand, right. just just those touches those um, moments. Yeah. really, really helped. And the more physical 
Well, I would have to say, like, my midwife was the one who was like, you're, yeah, you need to push differently. And okay. I think we all start pushing a certain way of course. that we think because you, you don't know till you felt know. it before. Yeah, exactly. And you don't you, know till you know. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to a point in labor? Because this happened to me. But did you ever get a point to labor where you were like, wait a minute, why, why, why am I doing this? Hold on. Why, why oh, did I choose this? Oh, my gosh. On. I was <laughs> in the water. And I am like half kneeling and I'm like stretching and I'm doing all from the outside. I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> yes. you know, I'm like, super she's in it. Yeah. In my head, I was like, what in the world? Yes. Oh, my God. You could go to the hospital. You could, Let's just do C-section. Let's just, oh, let's just da, da, da. like literally all of those <laughs> oh things. But I know the power of like your word and, and your, your thought. tongue. That's right. And so out Outwardly, I was like, I am in control of my body. Oh, the mantra. Yes. Yes. Like, this is not pain. It is just a wave of intensity. Like, I just was like saying all of this stuff. And I'm just like, wow. This is, there's no, there's no pause button. No, there's no no pause. pause. There's no break. From listening to other birth stories, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, A woman described the contraction as not painful, but as a sensation. Mm. And so I instantly like in my head, I'm like, ow, 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 ow. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Sensation. It's mm. just really, it's really, really intense. Mm-hmm. It is almost like someone is just like, imagine you're stuck in between a door and someone's just like pushing the door. It's just like really intense at that mm. moment. And then it, you know, goes away. Yeah. And I even use a skill from anger management to get through contractions Ooh. it's a one to be present okay because as your mind starts going through what the fuck am i doing i don't want to do this i'm scared or i'm all of those stuff right. you have to come back and center right. like you know in the movies when they slap a person they're yeah. like get focused, focused right here right you have to do that to yourself mm. um it's so intense and it's so cool how honestly to me how intense it is yeah because your body is like revving up and then I look at everyone and everyone's just chilling. Yeah. And I'm I, over here like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got like, I got the whole hot flashes thing. I'm sweating. It's coming off my nose. Yes. And all of a sudden I'm like, uh, cold, like shaking, 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 shaking. Right. And everyone's just like looking at me. Yep. That's and it. I'm like, I remember at one point I was like, I can't look at these people no. because they're just looking at me yes. and it's going to make me. And so I just went <laughs> inward and the technique that I use was five four three two one mm. and it's your senses okay so you can use five things that i can see in the room four things that you can hear three things that you can smell now i like that though five four three two one yes and i used it and taste. i distinct yeah taste okay. i distinctively remember when i did i was in the water and i was in the water for about two hours mm-hmm. and Obviously, like it got intense and that's how I was able to come back because in the water was when I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that thing. Questioning all your decisions in life. Everything. And so um, and it was just really cool to have everyone there. It sounds like you had the ultimate birth squad. Super, super big blessing. And it was even more significant because I went into labor technically Monday morning mm-hmm. and the contractions stopping at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. and not coming back until about two yeah was a big gap and I I think my son for that gap because he ultimately was born on my late grandmother's birthday that's right and as I'm laboring obviously you want the baby like to you know to come out right. you're not thinking you don't care about the day and you know all those significant things I just knew it was so close to my grandmother's birthday and I wasn't aware of the time Mm -hmm. every once in a while I would look at my partner's watch because he had his apple watch on yeah I remember it was like it was like five it was seven Mm -hmm. it was ten I'm like oh my god I cannot believe this is going on and then when I saw like 11 30 I was like oh like he may be born but I didn't like do anything to like stop it right but what was so cool was labor or pushing super like i mean again god the baby everything meant to be wow started the active i remember i was on the birthing stool and i felt super super uncomfortable and the beauty about being in my home is i didn't have to sit i didn't have to stay there nope right that's not where i wanted to be right and that's when they were like I, i felt defeated i looked at my my midwife and was like 
I don't know what else to do. I'm done. And I yeah. forget when you get to that point, that means that it's, it's there. Coming. Right? right. I'm like, am I at mile 20? Yeah. Is this 26? Yes. Is this 17? Right. I need to mentally know no. like, as an athlete, like I'm, I'm good. Like exactly. if you tell me I have X Give amount me an more. ending goal. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And right at midnight is when everything started going. Like and revving. so he was born, DJ was born when? 1239. 1239. 1239 on March 15th. And I pushed for 30 minutes. Wow. So you're like, it's literally like when midnight came was when everything like started Shifted. going. My wow. auntie Susie, which is that's her mom's birthday, literally started crying when she realized oh. that he was going to be born at, you know, on the 15th. Yeah. I haven't really shared my birth story. Like I, I wanted to share it in my own like way. And because it was absolutely beautiful and perfect and I think I have a lot of empathy for women who don't get to experience it the way that I did and I think that I'm like, I don't want to come across as like, look at my story no, or this or that. I think, no, 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 I think you have to, sh- if you are, f- if you feel so inclined to share, right? Yes. Because it is a personal moment. But if you, if you feel so inclined to share, it's a story of beauty. And mm-hmm. I think that those stories aren't shared enough. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot of stories of how it can go wrong and yeah. how, you know, not everything is in place and how women don't have, you know, some of the resources needed mm-hmm. to have a healthy labor. Right. Yeah. But to hear this story of um, all the different pieces and <laughs> and just even yes. just him being born on your grandmother's birthday, yeah. like, wow, mm-hmm. like you have to share those stories because yes. people deserve to hear the beautiful stories too mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful it's a beautiful story it was super moment. magical yeah and i feel like sharing it also makes it the past right yeah. like when you hold on to it like over and over again like having a photographer wasn't a over-the-top thing it wasn't for instagram it no. was because as a woman who's laboring you're so inward mm-hmm. that you don't see everything that's going on no. you don't remember those moments so i would 100 percent encourage someone to have someone dedicated or mm-hmm. designated for that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree not, to capture it. Yes. Yeah. Have you felt like there's been challenges um, now being a new mom and having your career and like your life and like what you were used to before? Oh my gosh. I was like, do I, what am I doing? <laughs> like, this is, this is not, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I'm going to leave my home to train someone else. I'd rather be here with my child. Yes. Or I don't, I don't need a post. I'm like, it literally, I, I fought it. Mm-hmm. I fought it. It made me question what I was doing, who I am. And I honestly want to make a huge pivot. Yeah. Um, very similar, I guess, you know, like idolizing how, what you're doing yeah. and realizing the core of me is still about moving, doing what you love, joy right. and stuff like that. But because now my life is different, it needs to shift as well. Right. And I talked to my partner about it. You know, I knew something was going to happen like yeah. before having him, but he encouraged me and was like, you need to take all the time. There's no rush for you to like go back to work, like mm-hmm. be with our son, you know, things like that. And 100%. yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I'm blessed to have that support and right. I am dabbling back into work Mm -hmm. mainly for myself Mm -hmm. because um you do need that break yeah and that identity like getting back to yourself right but for the most part the challenge i would say like in the newborn phase really really hit around like week five yeah week five was like why so why week five i mean i think at that point you're like a month into not sleeping yeah throughout the whole night so exhaustion ever. has like really yes. kicked in yeah mm-hmm. and now you understand why it's a form of like punishment and torture <laughs> <laughs> because it is truly like you can't function you can't think correctly right. you're you're short with it you're snapping you're right. this you're that like and i've also never had to fully recover physically the way that i recovered from my vaginal birth mm. questioning if i could stand up right going to the bathroom mm-hmm. things that you took for granted before like everything <laughs> yes. like i have never like had an experience like that right where i'm like you know i guess in a sense that vulnerable or that needed to yeah. take, be taken care of right you know I've, I've 
strained a hamstring and had to, you know, help me up or whatever, but everything else functioned, right. you know, and, right. and worked, that yeah. type of thing. This athlete mentality, it, telling it comes you, back to it, it. It is like, it was, it was crazy. Um, and then it's new, right? It's You've new. never been a mom. Um, but I, I think I love the beauty of our natural instincts right. that I would encourage a lot of moms not to, to question. Yeah. Um, if you feel like, I mean, even right now, my boobs are like, they're dropping. And if I were to text my Manny right now and be like, are you feeding him? Yes. Like, I'm pretty sure it would be yeah. like in sync. Don't question it. Like yeah. if you feel like your kid is fussy because they want to go to sleep or their diaper or because they want to be next to you or because that person's energy is no good and you need to just get your child back into your presence. Yeah. Do it. I agree. Like, I agree. Don't I think- fight your instincts. Because on the other end, there are so many books mm-hmm. and there are so many how-tos and there's so many this right. that you question everything. I was big on reading to know things, but I wasn't big on taking it as Bible, if that makes any sense. And it's such a beautiful moment. Like, I can't stress enough that all I ever wanted to be was a mom. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it. Like I try to tell people all the time, like, yeah, I was thriving to be like the top of the chain or whatever because like it was just myself I hadn't found my partner I hadn't found my other half I hadn't like all of that hadn't gone into place so like yes me as an individual that's where I wanted to go right but me now with the whole like squad and a family it's like okay you know like I can get there back again if I if it's part of it but like life and life is just really precious and it's I think seeing and giving life, mm-hmm. I realized how precious and that like, honestly, I realized like that I was going to die. Yeah. That's yeah. when I like when I gave birth and saw him, mm-hmm. I realized that I am you actually are going the to die. second mother who I have talked to who has said that giving birth mm-hmm. reminded them of the life cycle and life is death and death is life. Right. And like, it just, it, it, it hit full me like, circle. It hit me crazy. That's the crazy part. I will say of motherhood. It hits you full circle. Yeah. It really does. All right, Ashley. Thank you I so love much. you. I thank you, you for too. being here. Thank you. All right, cool mom crew. I'm Lizzie Mathis and you've been listening to the cool mom code podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another real conversation with Ashley joy. Make sure to keep an eye out for new episodes and don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you might listen to podcasts. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.